Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 and good morning i'm gary randall thank you so much for joining me today it's an honor today is monday june the 22nd 2020 in the year of our lord summer has come it came yesterday officially i always used to say on this program in fact a few years ago i was making some comments when we first started making some comments about how I always hate to see the days start getting shorter. I always, I don't know, just mentally, I like to think the days are getting longer. I love light better than darkness. And uh, I was saying, I just, oh, I just hate it when we come to June 21st. And I'd forgotten that it was my sister-in-law's birthday, and I've known her my whole life. So I every year I try to remember that that's not a bad day, it just is a day of change. But happy birthday to my sister-in-law that lives in Yakima. Today on June 22nd, 1940, during World War II, Adolf Hitler gained a stunning victory. France was forced to sign an armistice eight days after German forces overran Paris. Today in 1815, Napoleon Bonaparte abdicated for a second time as Emperor of the French. Today, in 1941, Nazi Germany launched Operation Barbosa. It was a massive invasion of the Soviet Union. Today, in 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944. We know it as the GI Bill of Rights. Today, in 1945, World War II battle at Okinawa, it ended. As you know, and the world knows, the Allies were victorious. Today in 1969, singer-actress Judy Garland, she died in London. She was 47 years old. Today in 1987, remember Fred Astaire, the guy that danced all over the place? He died today in Los Angeles, 1987. He was 88 years old. He lived a lot longer than Judy Garland did. He did a lot of exercise. Maybe that had something to do with it. Today in 1992... U.S. Supreme Court in R.A.V. versus City of St. Paul unanimously ruled that hate crime laws that banned cross-burning and similar expressions of racial bias violated free speech rights. And five years ago today, the Obama administration put out, a, and he made a speech about it as well, but they released a report on global warming that said failure to act on climate change would cause an estimated 57,000 deaths a year in the United States from poor air quality. But Obama was smarter than some of his contemporaries in this global warming slash crisis slash whatever um, in that movement, because he said, oh, this will happen by the year 2100. Others like Ocasio-Cortez and others, Radical leftists trying to use climate change as a battering ram to change the culture. They've been saying, 
seven years, 12 years. The problem with that, and Al Gore did the same thing, is some of us, you know, remember seven years ago when they said it, and here we are, and we're not on fire. So there's putting, and Obama was smart enough to know to kind of put the dates out there, his prophecy, put it out there a while, knowing that nobody would probably, probably be around that was listening to him in 2100. Seattle Times is reporting this morning, There's a second shooting in 48 hours, reported last night, in what they call the Seattle Protest Zone, known as CHOP, Capitol Hill Occupied Territory. CHOP, Occupied, I forget what P stands for. Anyway, there was a deadly shooting there on Saturday that raised challenges for police. They tried to go in. They were confronted. They were heckled. They were assaulted, really, things, rocks and bottles were thrown at them. And all they were trying to do is get to those people and help them in this zone that these people have taken over. And um, they were driven back, the police. They they just couldn't do their job in the city of Seattle that is now a foreign country, basically. It was a deadly shooting. Apparently, last night was not deadly from what I read this morning. I don't know all the details, but Seattle Times is reporting there's been another shooting there. The Seattle Times makes an interesting comment. It is so, well, (laughs) it's just interesting. I won't say what I thought, but Seattle Times says that this, these shootings, two in 48 hours, has raised challenges for police and left activists and officials looking for ways to prevent violence there. Looking for ways to prevent violence there? Well, why don't they go in and clean up the place and take down all the barricades and return the buildings to the people who own them? That would be a real leap in the right direction. Like let the people who own those buildings there and the shop keepers who either own the building or lease from the guy that owns the building return to some kind of a normal life that they've had over the years on Capitol Hill. But they're looking for solutions in this this boiling, I call it a cauldron of chaos. They call it, well, Jenny, the mayor of Seattle called it a summer of love. That's how misguided these people are. They're so far out there, it's pathetic. And, I mean, they're supposed to be the smartest among us. That's what's going on in our world. Remember little Greta Thunberg, the 12 12 or 14-year-old? She's obviously older now. I'm not sure how old she is. She's a teenager. But they've kind of hailed her. They've kind of made her the the face and voice of the climate change movement globally. And um, she's from Sweden. Well, she was reflecting this morning, talking to the BBC in Europe, she was reflecting on how the um, how these protests have swept the globe in recent weeks. She said of this whole Black Lives Matter thing, Greta, they were asking her about her wisdom on Black Lives Matter. She's already the leading authority on climate change in the world. And she said, well, it, I'm quoting her, it feels like we have passed some kind of social tipping point where people are starting to realize that we cannot keep looking away from these things. We cannot keep sweeping these things under the carpet. 
these injustices. So her advice is that we have to face them head on. I would agree with that, except they won't do it and they don't mean what they say. Whether it's little Greta or whether it's people who want to be president of the United States. There's a there's a movement of deception that is stunning. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. I'm going to be very frank today. I know there will be there will be people probably that'll be very offended by what I say. And I just want to tell you up front before you get mad cuz then you wouldn't listen. But my intention is not to anger you. It is to speak the truth to the best of my ability. You can disagree with me, but please listen. Because maybe maybe God can speak to your heart as well. I'm not advocating my point of view or my personal philosophy or worldview necessarily, except to say that I am advocating truth. And the only place that truth truly exists is in the Word of God. Jesus himself said, I am the truth. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the gospel and a little bit about truth. And I want to talk to you about it in the context of what's going on in our culture today, including this morning as we speak. So just listen. Reuters Reuters put out a story about it within the last hour. They're an international news organization. They lean left. They all do. It says, U.S. President Donald Trump said on Monday that he opposed removing the statue of Theodore Roosevelt outside New York City Museum of Natural History. The move was announced on Sunday. That would be yesterday. and comes amid anti-racism protests across the U.S. Talks a little bit about what is the cause of these, the, the murder of George Floyd in police custody and so on. Then Reuters says, the statue shows Roosevelt on a horse. This is Teddy, not Franklin D., of course, but shows Roosevelt on a horse with a Native American man and an African man by his side. Oh, that speaks to unity, right? No, 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 no. Many have said the statue symbolizes racial discrimination and colonial expansion. New York City Mayor de Blasio He said yesterday that the city was in favor of the request. Let's get rid of the statue. Been there for years, but let's get rid of it. Reuters says, and I'm quoting them, in the ongoing anti-racism demonstrations, protesters across the United States and around the world have demanded that authorities take down monuments honoring pro-slavery Confederate figures and architects of Europe's colonies. However, the anti-racism demonstrations that we're living with day in and day out now are much more and much different than they appear to be. This is not Reuters. This is me now. End of quote. It's not what it appears to be. Trump blasted this. I mean, he, he is not timid in saying what he believes, obviously, we all know. He said this. I think it was on Twitter. It usually is. He said the unhinged left-wing mob is trying to vandalize our history, desecrate our monuments, our beautiful monuments, tear down our statues, and punish, cancel, persecute anyone who does not conform to their demands for absolute and total control. Trump said we're not conforming. And he won't, because he deeply believes that. 
But there is, there is an element of deception that just can't be swept under the rug on this situation. This last week, believing that Black Lives Matter movement is what it appears to be, the mayor of Olympia, Washington, Cheryl Selby, she's been an unbending supporter of gay rights, climate change, Black Lives Matter. I mean, she's beside herself, over and above and beyond what anybody would expect a far-left, liberal, progressive mayor to be. However, after they visited her home, Black Lives Matter paid her a call last week in Olympia. The mayor. She's now calling their acts of violence domestic terrorism because it came to her house. There's a significant difference between those who are protesting for racial equality and those who are using Black Lives Matter as a vehicle for a very different agenda. The Olympian, the newspaper in Olympia, is reporting that Quote, two groups converged in downtown Olympia, Washington State's capital. Some became destructive, burning flags, smashing windows, spray-painting businesses. We've heard all this before, haven't we? But in this case, then, the Olympian says, they proceeded to Mayor Cheryl Selby's home. One group was made up of a group of 50 or more black-clad protesters. The other was group there on the streets was were wearing neon yellow t-shirts with the word peacekeeper across the front and back some were holding paintball guns the black clad group marched to city hall then through downtown olympia the protesters took trash cans road work ahead signs parking lots sidewalk signs whatever they could get their hands on they dragged them all out in the middle of the street flipped them on their side and moved on the Olympian peacekeepers then put them back while the other group heckled them. This is a picture, a profile of where our culture is today. You got on the one hand, you got this group of people trying to destroy everything that is about our culture. On the other hand, there's a group of people who seem to be part of that same movement that's maybe trying to fix it, but they're also trying to fix the racial issue at the same time. Eventually, this black clad group that had all black clothes, you know, Antifa look, they move on down Capitol Way, down to the South Capitol neighborhood. That's where the Selby family lives. And they were ch- chanting all the way down there into her neighborhood, abolish the police. And one of the people ran up when they got to her house and started painting BLM, Black Lives Matter, on the front of her house. All over the place. I have a picture of it. I wrote an article about this today, and there's a picture of this guy putting it on there. And the mayor, ironically, already has a sign in her window that they've put up in inside the house. It's just a, a kind of a white piece of paper that has BLM on it showing that they support. It's like, please don't harm me. Go harm someone else because I'm with you. They don't care. The guy is standing there right in front of the window that has their BLM sign in it that the Selby family put up there. And he sprayed BLM on their building because he wants to vandalize it. He doesn't want them to support him. He just wants to be destructive. Some guy, one of the neighbors, the Olympian reported, came out with some kind of a blunt object and was threatening these people. And they didn't leave. They kind of laughed him off from what I could gather. But after leaving the neighborhood, this same group, they headed down. They sprayed all over her house and everything. And. They moved on down the street back into downtown Olympia. And this is a story that's repeated all across America and now around the world. 
But the mayor's first response, the first response, and I don't know her, I've never met her, but her first response was to blame the city of Olympia and the people who live there. She said, now, quoting the, the mayor, she said, now, this city is not without sin. <laughs> no, <laughs> Ms. Mayor, it is not. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that was not exactly her point. She said, this city is not without sin. She pointed out the well-off condition of neighborhoods like her own as a sign that Olympia needs to be more welcoming. In other words, this is all your fault because you are affluent. You have a nice home and a car and all that stuff. The far left always go to shaming, number one, because it tends to work. So that was her first response. After affirming her personal virtue, she said, then she began to say what she really felt. She said, people have so little grace for each other right now. We need more grace. Well, we also need a little more understanding because we're being informed by a corrupt media. And they're not informing, they're misinforming and misleading. But Mayor Selby said, and I'm quoting her, I'm really trying to process this, meaning the spraying on her house, like I've done everything I can for you people. Why are you doing this to me? She said, I'm really trying to process this. It's like domestic terrorism. It's unfair. She said, it hurts when you're giving so much to your community, and then they come back on you like this. After supporting it, they turned on her. Because it's really not about Black Lives Matter to a group of these people. I'm not saying all. I'll be misunderstood, but please don't. I noticed that the mayor was proudly flying a homosexual rights rainbow flag on her porch as well. In fact, they were spraying right beside the flag. They didn't denigrate the flag while they were vandalizing and denigrating her home. But it was there, big flag. So the front of her house represents BLM, sign that they had put in, the family had put in the, in their window. They have a right to do that. And the big homosexual flag. These guys come in, and they don't destroy the flag. They don't in any way tarnish it, but they do vandalize her home. Let me be crystal clear. I don't condemn any kind of racism toward any person of any color for any reason. The Bible clearly teaches against it. I'm going to take you to Scripture in a moment. But I've spent several years of my life, and those of you who listen regularly, you know this. I've mentioned it. It was a a transformative part of my own life. The memories, the experiences, the times, the blessings, the, the success that God gave us will be with me till the day I take my last breath. But I've spent several years of my life working with groups and tribes across Africa, not as a tourist on a boat pulling up to a pre-prepared dock where you see dancing girls and whatever. I lived with the people. I walked the dusty paths. I rode the bumpy roads with their broken-down cars, some of them that had them, all over the world and all across Africa and every other continent except Australia. We built churches. We preached the gospel. We planted churches. We have built several Christian schools, even a couple of Christian medical centers. 
Sometimes we lived with the people. If there was a hotel, I stayed in the hotel. Often there wasn't. We lived with local people. Sometimes I stayed with the pastor and his wife in their dirt floor hut. And I'm not talking about one experience. There were several. So keep that in mind. And as a pastor, I always welcomed any color, any race into our church. And they were there. People of all colors and races. However, Olympia's mayor had the same experience that others are having regarding this movement, Black Lives Matter. When you go to the Black Lives Matter website, and I I did, I mentioned this on Friday, just in passing. I want to come back to it just for a moment, because this is important to help us define what's really going on in our culture today. When you go to Black Lives Matter, and I as I said, go to faithandfreedom.us. I wrote an article on this. I put a link to this page. You can go to their whole website. I mean, there's a lot of information there. But on the page of what we believe, all you have to do is go to our article, faithandfreedom.us, and read down, and you'll see what we believe. And you click on that, and it takes you to what I'm about to say. But when you read that page of Black Lives Matter, it gets real clear, real fast about what's really going on here. It would be helpful if Olympia's mayor and some other far-left mayors and governors would read it, but I don't think they care to read it. They want Black Lives Matters to be what they think it is in their minds and what they've been led to believe that it is. And it really isn't all of that. This is from the What We Believe page of Black Lives Matter. I'm quoting them. Quote, We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs, immigration status or location. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. We are self-reflective and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. Are you getting a theme here? We build a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. We practice empathy. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their contexts. We make our spaces family-friendly, enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure required by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We foster a queer, a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless he, she, it, they disclose otherwise. We cultivate an intergenerational and communal network free from ageism. We believe that all people, regardless of age, show up with the capacity to lead and learn. We embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagements with one another. 
When you take a look at these beliefs, here's what they really want. And I'm not stretching or redefining what I just read to you from their page. And there's more, but, I mean, that's where they're going. Number one, it's a call for lawlessness. It's an attempt to remake America. Abolish the police is their banner. They replace the police, and their plan is to replace the police with authorities that will enforce this new truth, this new worldview that they're perpetrating on the world, particularly on America. It's a call for globalism. It's not a call for Black Lives Matter. It's a call for total sexual liberation from God's natural order of male and female. It's rebellion against nature and against nature's God. It's an attack on biblical truth. An attack on the nuclear family, as they call it, and that is what it's called, the nuclear family, where mom is mom, dad is dead, they marry, they have children. But they're talking about that as being a Western value. It isn't a Western value. It is first and foremost a God-given, God-created value. God created the family. He created Eve. He said it's not good that Eve be alone, so he created a woman, not a confused human being who might be a woman or might not be, whatever. God created male and female. If you are going to embrace any part of whom God is and any part of God's truth, it's pretty tough to marginalize or throw out the idea that God created human beings, male and female, he created them. But they do this by marginalizing and then completely deleting. Notice in there what I read to you, they don't even mention the father. They're talking about the woman, the children. They're talking about a village that raises a child, not a family where where the father is a male and the mother is a female, and the little kids grow up under the authority of their parents. How far we have gone from that, that's the problem that we face today. I want to talk to you just for a moment today. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 29, there is some discussion there by Paul to the Christians, to the church in Galatia. He said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If we had another half hour, I would talk to you about that at more length. But let me direct you to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 15. But beginning with verse 11, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time that you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of prophet, having no hope, promise, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace." who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. The bottom line is that the only peace, the only kind of continuity that we're going to find in our culture, 
is when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added unto us. Otherwise, we will not see peace in the culture. We'll continue this tomorrow.